Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We are working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 806, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35. Let's read our passage. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with the servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave the loan. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and started choking him and said, Pay what you owe. At this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant, as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you, unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. He's given us this teaching, preaching, healing ministry of Jesus. And we're in a section on teaching in one of these five discourses. A discourse is an extended teaching segment. This is the fourth of five, and this is the Discourse on Relationships specifically relationships between disciples. And so it's all about how we treat one another, how we get along within the body of Christ. Began with a question by the disciples, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus responded with, that's the wrong question. The desire should be to be the least in the kingdom of heaven. That person will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He talked about the seriousness of causing a disciple to stumble or fall away. Then he gave the parable of the wandering sheep. And in it, we see the importance to God of his people. Then he talked about how you deal with another disciple who sins against you. Then he addressed the church's authority in dealing with sinful behavior. And based on that, Peter asked, should I then forgive seven times? thinking he's being very generous there. But Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. The point there was there should be unlimited forgiveness from our part, willing to forgive another disciple. And through all this, we saw that the goal in all these issues of relationships and conflicts was confession of sin to one another, forgiveness of one another, and reconciliation between one another. Now he continues and is following right after his answer to Peter about unlimited forgiveness. 
And verse 23 says, For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So for this reason is the reason of unlimited forgiveness within the community of God's people. And he says the kingdom of heaven can be compared to this. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And in his parables like this, where he uses a character as a king, that's always representing God, and the servants are representing God's people. So the characters in this parable are God and us. And here the king wants to settle accounts with his servants. Verse 24, when he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. 10,000 talents. We, we need to resist the temptation to turn this into a math problem. This is a parable. Now, the, the Greek is literally myrion talenton, which means 10,000 talents. Myrion is the largest number in the Greek language. This is where we get the word myriad. And talent is a unit of weight. It's used as weighing out money. That's how you pay things. And usually it's referred to as weight of silver. So a, a talent of silver is about 60 pounds of silver. And a talent is the largest sum of money in that language. So he's using the largest number in the language and the largest monetary unit in that language. So essentially he's saying zillions, or maybe in some translations, a gazillion. The, the point here is this is an astronomical amount of money. Often we see denarii used as monetary units. So we'll see that in a little bit. Uh, a denarii was basically considered the acceptable day's wage for a laborer. And so a talent had been established as 6,000 denarii. And so 10,000 talents would be a, like 60 million denarii. So 60 million days wages. So we're talking an astronomical amount of money. Say, so, well, that doesn't make sense. Remember, it's a parable, and he's making a point here. So he's using an outrageous amount of money. No one could owe the king this much money. But this servant is brought before the king, and this is his debt, 10,000 talents, a gazillion. Verse 25, since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, everything, he had be sold to pay the debt. So the king could do this in order that everybody be sold. Now, this is not going to be a drop in the bucket compared to what he owes, but he can't pay the debt, and this is the king's right to do this. Verse 26, At this the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Now, based on the astronomical amount of money, there's no way he could pay him everything. Verse 27, Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave the loan. So he sees the plight of the servant, sees his absolute inability to do anything about it, but has compassion and forgives the loan. So he's been given an unimaginable amount of money, been forgiven an astronomical debt. Verse 28, that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants 
who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a hundred denarii, that's not small change. That's a hundred days wages. So we're talking like three or four months of wages. So it's not an astronomical amount, but it's not a small amount. But it is an amount that actually could really be paid off. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. At this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. So notice the wording here of servant number two uses almost the exact same wording that servant number one used back in verse 26. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. Verse 30. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. And this was a legitimate recourse for non-payment of a loan. You could throw him into debtor's prison and until he and his family could pay back what was owed, he would stay in the debtor's prison. Verse 31, when the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. So the other servants see this and they're really upset about it. Are they upset that he couldn't repay the debt and was thrown into debtor's prison? Not necessarily just that, but they apparently knew what had just happened with the servant who owed the astronomical debt. He had been forgiven an unimaginable amount, but then he will not forgive anything or even work out a payment plan with this man who owes him money. And so the other servants see that and report to the king. Verse 32, then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. Well, and as we looked above, this is an unrepayable debt. So the will be tortured until he could repay everything would be forever. So anybody hearing this parable, here's the the comparison and is automatically shocked, just as the fellow servants are. This guy has been forgiven a gazillion dollars and is unwilling to take anything into account to even work out a plan with this man who owes him three or four months wages. And so the comparison of what he had been forgiven and his hardness of heart of willing to forgive anything, show any mercy to his fellow servant is shocking. But then we get the punchline in verse 35. So also my heavenly father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. Remember this began with, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to this. So this is what the kingdom of heaven's like. Then he sums it up and says, and that's the way God is going to be with you unless you are willing to forgive. Essentially saying here that the community of forgiven people must be forgiving people. If you're a forgiven person, you must be a forgiving person. If you're not willing to forgive another disciple of Christ, that brings into question whether you actually have been forgiven because you don't have the 
the mercy, the compassion that should come about through the transformation of the Holy Spirit. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he says, we've received an unimaginable forgiveness. The amount of forgiveness we have received is incredible. That's where you say, well, I'm not that bad a person. Yes, you are. We all are. We all deserve eternity in hell because of our sin. Any sin is a sin against God, and a sin against God is an infinite sin. And you think how many sins we commit on a daily basis, it's an infinite forgiveness because of the infinite degree of sin. And so we may not be as bad as some terrible people, but comparatively, we are just as bad. And so anyone who has a relationship with Christ has received an infinite amount of forgiveness. And there's nothing between us, between one another, that it's a drop in the bucket compared to the forgiveness that we have experienced ourselves. And throughout the New Testament, we see this challenge to forgive one another and base that on the forgiveness that we have experienced. Even in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive one another. If you struggle with forgiveness, of one another. We recommend you talk with God about it because it's a big deal to God. Jesus told this parable, he said, and that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. That's what God is like. So focus on your forgiveness, how much you have been forgiven. Think about your degree of sinfulness. And if we're just comparing our sin to one another, I'm not nearly as bad as that person. Well, compare it to perfection. Yes, you are. And the, any sin against us is nothing compared to our sin against God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.